everything that we know about the world, inner and outer, for each one of us is known through the the medium, the agency of this mind. The whole world, outside, inside, is experienced here. So throughout our whole lives, even from when we were babies or even before birth, everything that has been known has been known through the agency of of this mind, known in this space of awareness. This is the world we know. The world of people and things, sky and stars, buildings, sun and moon, the world of thoughts and feelings, ideas, memories, emotions, relationships. All of it is known here, within the space of this awareness. Doesn't mean to say that there isn't any basis for the material world or this body, this personality, this individual. The Buddha never says that the, the whole thing is a dream or is imagined, but our version of the world, our experience of the world, happens here. The four elements, uh, the natural order, function according to their own rules. But what is known about it, by each one of us, is known right here, in this mind. So each one of us experiences our own version of the world. We don't experience the world, we experience this mind's representation of the world. When we take this into consideration, then it arouses a much greater compassion for each other. Of course, other beings see the world differently. How could they not? So if we really take this insight to heart, we really take this as a basis for appreciating the world of thought and feeling, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, then we make a lot more space for each other. We find there's far more room to accommodate each other's differences for things that we don't expect, things we don't like, things that are strange or can't figure out why they are the way they are. When we appreciate that what we experience is this mind's version of the world, of course it doesn't have all the answers, of course. Other beings must see it differently. Must name it, label it differently. Other beings have different priorities, different things that are important. How could they not? To develop this insight, this way of seeing, recognizing the world in the mind, knowing the world, as happening in the mind. And it's helpful to appreciate, to acknowledge the greater space that we have for our own 
characteristics, our own problems and shortcomings, our own issues, and those of others. We make space for our own weaknesses and limitations. Make space for those of others. We can take a simple reflection like this. The world is in the mind. We might think that we, we travel places. We go from the temple to the sala, to our room, to our kuti, around the lanes, through the countryside. But when life is appreciated from this different perspective, then we realize nobody, any, any, uh, nobody really goes anywhere. Nobody really has any way of going anywhere. Each of us is always exactly here. The world comes, the world comes through our minds. Arises, takes shape, different locations, the perceptions of the body moving. But the movements of the body, the changing landscape around us, are all known exactly here. Your heart, your mind, is the center of the world, the center of the universe. The heart of the universe is your heart. It happens here. It's known here. Well, this insight also helps to interrupt, to to still the habit of becoming, me trying to get somewhere, me trying to do something, me trying to be somebody, the bhava-tanha urge, that spirit of becoming that so easily takes over our lives, our hearts and minds. When it's recognized that everything, every aspect of the field of experience happens right here, It's a way that that cuts through the habit of becoming. And with the cessation of becoming, there is peacefulness. Bhava nirodo nibhanang, as it says in the teachings. With the cessation of becoming, there is nibbana, peacefulness. Nobody's going anywhere. There are just conditions of mind that are changing. So along with creating a basis of compassion and accommodation for each other, so this change of perspective brings a great peace, tremendous peace, a quality of ease. The cessation of becoming is Nibbāna, the deathless. And when we talk about the cessation of becoming, it's not just sort of stopping in our tracks or freezing as we walk along or refusing to, to speak or to act. That's not it. It's recognizing that timeless quality of Dhamma, how the awareness 
which is a natural quality of the heart, knows the flow of change, but is not identified with it, is not attached to it. As Lumpocha would say, if you can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stand still, where do you go? Can't go to the side, can't go up or down, where can you go? The only way that that puzzle, that conundrum is solved is if there's a letting go of time, a letting go of identity, a letting go of becoming. Me getting somewhere, me doing something to get some result. You can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stand still, where do you go? As the Buddha said in the Udana, there is that dimension of being, that ayatana, where there is no coming, no going, no standing still, no dying, no reappearance. And that this, this itself, is the end of dukkha. So to our normal perceptions, our average attachment to time and location, identity, activity, that's Strange, weird, unimaginable. So what that means is there needs to be a letting go of those habits of attachment to identity, to time, to location. All those familiar structures have to be let go of. You can't go forward, can't go back, can't stand still. It's frustrating to the thinking mind attached to time and place and identity. But when there's a let go of, then that fundamental reality, which is timeless, unlocated, non-personal, limitless, that's what is revealed, that's what is realized. So such a principle is strange or confusing to the conditioned mind, the mind attached to time and place, personality, identity, when, the, when those are let go of, it makes perfect sense. That's how the puzzle is solved. By not identifying with identity, with time, location, that's how that puzzle resolves itself. In cultivating this insight into the nature of the world, seeing that the world happens here, it's known here. It's helpful to notice all the, the habits that exist, that take shape, how the mind creates time, passing time. 8, 41 and 34 seconds, 35 seconds. <laughs> These are numbers, but it's still now, it's still this present reality. So to challenge the habits of attachment that create time, that create place. I am sitting in my spot in the temple, that's where I am to let go of location, of place, 
let go of, of time, to see that these are all conventional truths, conditioned, partial, samuti satya, conditioned realities, to let go of, of self, the feeling of owning, this is mine, my mind, my body, my practice, my cushion, my robes, my jobs, that mamankara, the mind making, the feeling of ownership, the owning self, the being self, I am, I am a human being, I am a man, I am a woman, I am old, I am young, I'm tall, I'm short. All those I ams. The being self. To let go of the habits of self-creation around our story, our name, our age, our nationality. What we have been doing, what we want to do. The events of our life, a narrative self. To recognize how solid, how substantial, permanent all that seems. To see these are just convenient fictions, just collections of memories and ideas, perceptions. None of them are truly who and what we are, what is real. Letting go of that feeling of owning, of being, of our story. Letting go of decision-making, the me who decides, who chooses, This is good, that's bad, I'm going to do this, I have done that. Even decision-making is not self. Choices that are made is not self either. Well, these are subtle qualities of attachment and identification, but when we look and see, when there's a choice and it feels like, I just decided, look at that. Did I? What's this me who made a decision? What's that made of? Where does that come from? Is that something solid and real? This story of where I was born, who my parents are, my nationality, my plans. How real is that? How solid is that? Is that anything absolutely substantial, or is it a collection of perceptions, feelings, memories, ideas, mental formations? So where we see those habits of attachment around location, identity, time, where we see them popping up, and we use the power of wise reflection, investigation, to challenge that, question that, what makes this real? Who says that's true? Is that the whole story? Also around any kind of concept. 
a thought, an idea, seems so real, so solid. To let go of conceptions, ideas, emotions, sadness, jealousy, happiness, excitement, depression. All of these can seem so solid, so real, so substantial. We use the same kind of questioning. This idea, what makes it true? Can it possibly be an absolute fact? Can it? And with this kind of wise reflection, Dhamma Vijaya, investigation of reality, watch what happens when those kind of questions are asked, when those challenges are made from a place of mindfulness and wisdom, attunement of the heart, then there's a dissolving, a letting go of that apparent solidity. There's that intuition in the heart that goes, oh, of course, how could that be the whole story? Location, place doesn't really apply. Time doesn't really apply. Identity doesn't really apply. A fact doesn't really apply. These are all just approximations, convenient fictions, just a a working model, a good enough version of reality. Even things that seem radical, like number, well, the very basis of reality, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, but even numbers, Are they real? Are they solid? Is there something absolutely substantially there? When we say one or two, one what? Two what? And in the same way, that solidity, that false substantiality, falls away. And in that moment, what remains is the timeless, limitless, spacious Dhamma itself. Unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed. That reality of Dhamma, which is aware. That Buddha quality, that awake, aware quality, is the natural activity of the Dhamma. The Buddha arises from the Dhamma. This is what remains when those various attachments fall away. And even if it's just for a moment, just a a second or half a second, where that shift of perspective is actualized, realized, notice that. In that moment where the, the heart knows, oh, time is just an, a seeming, Place, identity, is just a passing impression. Oh, notice that, oh, that moment of clarity. Let that be the reality against which all other patterns and perceptions are measured. We can trust that, that clarity, that peacefulness, that spaciousness, 
we find that's reliable, dependable. That's a refuge. It can be depended upon. The Dhamma is that which upholds, is reliable, dependable, unshakable. 